show and a full year. And that lets you save the Who cares? True form life. Green look on Welcome to Exploring Mind and Body with Drew Tadia. Drew is an expert in nutrition, fitness, lifestyle, and more. And he wants to help you live a healthier, longer, and more active life. Now here's your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Nationally Syndicated Exploring Mind and Body. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for tuning in and being a part of our True Form Life community. I am your host, Drew Tadia, and today we are talking about the Boston Marathon. Super excited to have Dean on and share his experience with us. At the time of this recording, the Boston Marathon just kind of finished. I know sometimes we have listeners that tune in weeks or even years later, so regardless of when you're tuning in or hearing this, show I think there's so much so much great information and takeaways if you're a long distance runner or thinking about carrying on either raising money or approaching a large run a large goal as part of your own personal experience Dean's going to talk about everything he's going to talk about what he went through to raise a ton of money which we'll share details about later on in the show we're going to talk about how he went through injuries and, and struggled to even train up until the point where he could get to the run and hopefully finish (laughs) and then he's going to talk about in an emotional way dean we'll get a bit emotional here and share how exciting it was to actually finish when when there's so much it was the weather was crazy the hills were challenging and dean's going to walk us through each step of the way as we talk about his experience in the boston marathon so stick around we got all that coming up This is Exploring Mind and Body. Naturally improve your lifestyle one show at a time with your host, Drew Tadia. All right, welcome to another edition of Exploring Mind and Body. You heard all about Dean in the introduction, so without further ado, welcome to the show, Dean. Hey, thank you. So we are talking about the Boston Marathon and this is super exciting. I don't think everyone gets the opportunity to run a race like this. What, what, where did you get the inspiration to be like, this is something that I want to do? Well, it's something I've always been in, um, interested in long-distance running. I got back into it a few years ago with my daughter and her husband. That encouraged me to, to start running again with her and did a few short runs and then uh she wanted to do a half marathon so i did a half marathon with her and that's when i kind of got wind of uh running with team and training and decided to do a, a full marathon as as my first fundraiser with team and training and what is team and train so team and training is an organization that helps uh athletes uh most of us are amateurs of course and we just want to get involved and participate in sports and it's everything from walking, cycling, uh, there, there are triathlon teams, and a lot of runners like myself that get involved. And we uh, raise money towards the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada. So everything that we participate in, we work at trying to raise money either through sponsorship of people that donate online, or we do little things on our on our own, everything from... And for myself, I'd been active and running last year. I'd actually done a half marathon down in San Francisco in late August. 
So I didn't really have to uh, kind of start a year back, but kind of picked up from where I left off in August and continued my training towards a full marathon on my right leg and the Achilles tendon was uh, inflamed about a month ago is when it got to the point that I needed to alter my training plan and that's the challenge that most people have when they get into the longer distances like half and full marathons is that your body sometimes isn't uh, so willing to cooperate shall we say. (laughs) So about a month ago I had to stop my running and wasn't uh, prepared as I'd like to have been but because of the tendonitis, it was something I needed to back off on to allow it to heal so that I could still participate. So what is that tendonitis? What does it feel like? Um, well, it's uh, any type of flexion in the ankle causes pain. And particularly, not, not so much when you're walking, but in a running stride is when you'll feel the pain. And for me, it was uh, debilitating to the point that I, I couldn't run. So my last training run was hopefully was anticipated to be a, about a 20-mile run, but I didn't get much more than uh, eight kilometers into it and I realized that I was just making things worse and I needed to back off, so I stopped. I didn't actually get my long training run in before going into the the, the layoff period coming into the marathon. So like I say, for the last four weeks, I've I've not been training. And just had to hope that I was prepared up to that point to be able to get through the race. <laughs> so how did you know that you could finish or that you could compete if your last one was eight and then you had to run how many, 42? Yeah, uh-huh. 42, 42.2. And I, I'll tell you, the question. your question was how do you know that you can complete it? I don't know what the answer to that is, Drew. I would say you probably don't know that you're completing it until you can see the finish line. (laughs) In in Boston, because of some of the challenges with the course and the hills that you have, there there are points all along the race where you're tempted and thinking, man, I just can't get this done. But it was something that I knew that I wanted to will through it. And uh, I did a lot of walking when I should have been running, when I wanted to be running, but I had to walk because of the hills and because of the the other conditions that um, cause some knee and muscle cramping that, of course, without the five weeks or the four weeks of training leading into the marathon, the rest of my my body wasn't prepared. My Achilles tendon was. The the strain didn't cause me to, to have to drop out, but I was getting a lot of cramping and problems with other muscles that wouldn't have been there if I'd have been able to continue my training. So what was the course actually like when someone says, I'm going to go around the Boston Marathon? Is it known to be a more challenging course or did weather and other yeah, things? It's one of the more difficult because of the uh, terrain. The The distance that you're traveling has a lot of hills in it. Now, there are marathons that have steeper hills, but there probably isn't many that would classify with Boston as having as many. I I was telling somebody this morning that it seemed to me anyway, anywhere on the course, if I looked ahead of me or behind me, I either saw a hill that I just went over or one that was coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe that's not the case, but it sure seemed that way. There wasn't a lot of flat stretches to work at. There was a lot of slopes in in the hills of the boroughs coming through to Boston. So after you, oh, after you get over one hill and you're like, ah, oh, 
I'm finally at the top of the sail. Then yeah. you look over and there's another one. And there's another. <laughs> there's another one coming. <laughs> yeah. And then I saw pictures of the Boston Marathon. It was wet and muddy, and <laughs> to be quite honestly, quite honest with you, it was a place that looked like I didn't want to be there. Um, yeah. Tell me about that. Well, it, it was an it was an experience for sure. Yeah, it rained from the time. I mean, it, when I left the hotel, it was coming down in in torrents outside the hotel, and it it never stopped raining. It just rained the whole day long. And did you yeah. have you experienced running in that kind of rain before? No, I have ran in in rain. I've ran in snow, and I've ran you know when it's minus twenty eight, minus thirty, wind chills of minus thirty four. And you prepare for it, and you just bundle up, and you get the right layers on. And the rain itself to to run in something that long for in those conditions, I've never done that before. So what what was it like? What was different from that compared to running in snow, for example? Uh, well, snow. Hmm, that's a good question. I guess the the snow challenge is that you're not getting the traction that you would anticipate. So you get a lot of slippage on your on your kickoff as you're running, whereas you don't have that much of a challenge with with the water. It's just water that's on the road and it's kicking up in in puddles as you're running through them. So your your traction underfoot is is decent, but it was cold. And Boston is also known because of the the course starts out in Hoptington and runs towards Boston. You're often running into a headwind. So not only did we have the rain, but we had the headwind, and it was quite cool. Temperatures being, uh, you know, uh, just above zero, and a lot of uh, challenge with hypothermia. That a lot of there, I think I heard something like 2,300 people pulled out because of uh, one reason or another. But a lot of them having troubles with hypothermia. Wow! And did they have people on the side helping with that? I know that these big runs usually have a lot of support. Yeah, the logistics around running the Boston Marathon are just incredible. They had medical tents that were set up every every so often along the course, and then they had um, medical uh, technicians that were on bikes, and they had kind of jump packs of uh, backpacks to help people. And they were on the course kind of cruising back and forth between the medical tents. Uh, just a lot of support for things like that. Very well organized. Uh, lots. I don't know. I never did get a number for the the amount of volunteers that they have. But Boston, you know, I don't think there's anybody at home anymore. Either people from the Boston and the and the boroughs were out on the course cheering you on, or they were volunteering at either the start or medical tents or along the watering stations. There, there are just thousands of people that come out and help out in the, in managing the logistics of the of the marathon. Do you know how many people were running? I never did to get a final total, but I was told there was just over 30,000. And what, do you remember what it was in New York? I didn't I didn't run New York, um, and I'm not sure of the numbers there, but Boston is, uh, that's a lot of people <laughs> in managing the logistics of Boston because they kind of, it's a little different because Boston isn't a loop marathon like some marathons. Often a marathon will start in the same location that it finishes, and it runs in a loop around a city or through a city, and a lot of the people need to be at the start can also move over and help out at the finish. But in Boston, it starts out in the boroughs, out at Hopkinton, and that whole start area has to be managed by an entirely group, a different group of volunteers for 
the start than than for the finish. And the start area was, uh, of course, huge. You got 30,000 people going through there. And they have an athlete's village that's set up with uh, tents to try to provide some shelter. Although the rain, the rain and the wind, it just got everywhere. It was just uh, a complete mud bog at the start. Uh, the poor, the field that we were all in, I don't know how that's ever going to recover because it was uh, completely drenched and um, they were playing Woodstock music. It was when I heard one of the people saying, this is just like Woodstock. <laughs> <laughs> It was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Not, not like maybe some enjoyable Woodstock memories that could have been. No, no, no. I don't think it was that way. It was, it was the wind and the the weather, perhaps. <laughs> well, and we the were... music. They had wits. They had the good old '60s music playing on the loudspeakers. Um, we were at the New York City Marathon there, and it did loop around. So, like for example, we got a chance to see Noel twice, two or three times, and uh, so. Oh, that, yeah. So at least for for those watching, it was a bit more, uh, I suppose, beneficial to see him a couple times as opposed to yeah. just at the start or maybe just at the finish. Yep. What was yeah. it? What was it like to run with that many people? Like I couldn't imagine being like it's madness. <laughs> what was that like? Oh yeah, it just just madness. There was as far ahead as you could see, and as far as behind as you could see, there were people like everywhere. Oh my god. The the starting gates and the and the way they have it set up for the waves and the corrals um it was just people milling about shoulder to shoulder everywhere and of course with the rain and the wind as many people as possible could huddle huddled into the tents or we tried to find a, a spot downwind of the tents to try to have some shelter from the wind it was uh it was crazy <laughs> uh it seemed like not not too long ago there was a tragedy there at the Boston Marathon, did any of that in the back of your mind? None of that deterred you, or was that on your mind when you kind of lined up there, getting ready to go? No, um, it, it's in your mind around uh, the fact that you know it was a tragic event, and everybody's uh, you know the Boston people are very uh, cognizant of that, and security is very high as far as police presence and and the process in which you get certified and brought into the areas. Of course, you have to have all your um, certification and your and your bib. You can't get in the area without a bib into the start or finish areas anymore. And you need passes to get into the finish area. Even if you want to sit in the stands, they, they have to issue passes for people. So it's it's tight that way. And yeah, and in some way, it can't, it can't help but not be on your mind. However, it's simply, you know, you have to accept that those kinds of things unfortunately is part of our world now and you just have to look past it and not let those things stop you from doing what's important to you. Dean what was it like to finish uh, something like this like it, it was a it was a big run it was challenging the weather your injuries what was it like to finish and cross that line? Uh, I'm having even now when I think about it and I'm answering the question, it's very emotional. And it kind of, it digs at you pretty deep to be able to finish. And uh, I guess for me and the purpose of why I do it, it's it's important to me. And being able to do it in honor of my dad and what he went through in his treatment with leukemia, I think that's that kind of weighs even more on it. 
it's not just the personal achievement of being able to complete. It's the the knowledge that you're able to help out and, and do something, something extra, something more. And is that something that I know it just ended here, at least at the time of this interview, is that something that you look at doing more of, or, or is there something in the future that you have your sights set on, or are you just kind of trying to relax and recover right now? Um, yes, to both. <laughs> of course, right now I'm uh, I'm a little stiff. I, I shouldn't say a little. I'm a lot stiff, a lot sore. <laughs> and I'm going to be recovering, but at the same time looking forward and knowing that I want to continue my involvement and do what I can to help the organization. I, I believe very much in the work that they're doing. I think they, uh, they help a lot, and not just in uh, some of the R&D work around uh, treating the disease, but also in the support of the families and the patients that are going through it. And I just, I just believe from my experience with them that just a great organization and I want to continue doing fundraising. I don't know if I'll ever achieve the, the level that I have this year, but I do want to continue and possibly even uh, work towards helping other people get involved and even running um, kind of coordinating teams or team efforts where groups of people would get together and We'd plan to go to a, even even 5Ks or 10Ks races and, and go as a team of three or four or five or a dozen and, and experience it together. That's, that's a big part of what uh, a lot of people don't realize is that the, when you think of running, you think of it as an individual sport, but the, uh, the organizations around um, marathons are also very much aware of how teams work together and support each other and help uh, help carry us through to the finish line. So tell me about that. How does a team, seems like running is a solo type of sport, how does a team benefit or, or help you train or, or get through a, a big run? It, it's mostly around previous experience. People that have been involved before can help you with, everybody's different, so everybody's going to face some different challenges around their their training and, and preparation and sometimes it's going to be mental and emotional helping people struggle through that part of it sometimes it's physical uh, our, our particular group team and training is very well structured with coaches that get involved so these are are people that are often involved in the team for a long time and then they've just um, taken that next step to being a a coach and they'll they'll be assigned a, an event so there'll be a coach that would be coordinating for example the the Calgary Marathon there's a coach that's the liaison for anybody that's that's registered with team and training to run in Calgary that coach will help them with developing a training plan tailor made to them individually and helping them work through whatever challenges that they're facing with with advice there's like weekly emails or weekly updates around Everything from nutrition to sports therapy, massage therapy, uh, uh, whatever cross-training that may apply or help, and different variances in in the training over the over the course of the months leading up to an event, they're really good at at supporting that. And and you don't get that if you just on your own decide that you're going to head out and and run a marathon. Kind of a crazy concept, really. <laughs> <laughs> so and so, how do you get involved if you someone wants to be involved with a like, team in training? Is that what is that the business name or the organization name? Yeah, it's so. If you're just looking on on the internet, you can just do a search for team in training, and it'll come up with uh, 
um, the website. website. Right. Yeah. And so if someone wants to be involved, it sounds like a good type of organization that if someone is just getting involved in running, is would that be correct? Like if someone's a beginner and they, they could get this coaching and extra support? Absolutely. And in fact, I would say that the majority of the people that get involved are, they're typically people that have been active in younger in their life and, and they're not, uh, they're not really, um, continuing as athletes. They're, you know, they're day to day, nine to fivers doing other jobs and finding we're all try to try to live healthy lifestyles. We try to do what's right and in treating our bodies. Right. But often we, we don't, we fall into the norms of society, everything from some indulgences on dessert. Like I've had, I'm, I'm a dessert. <laughs> I have a weakness for dessert. Your dessert day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's, it's beginners that are, you know, maybe they, they exercise, they try to get to the gym a couple of times a week, or maybe they can't. And, and they think, well, you know what? I could start at a 5k. I could do a five kilometer run walk combination and they get involved at that or maybe a 10k and then before they know it you know they've got through that that kind of an event and they get the bug and they get a little further and pretty soon it's a 10k and a and then it's a half marathon and then they always say if you if you're doing a half marathon you're half crazy <laughs> and if you do a full marathon well you're you're all the way you're full crazy <laughs> so there's always a few of us that get the full crazy <laughs> And I know you raised quite a bit of money. Well, a ton of money. Do you want to share that with us? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I have to start with, you know, it wasn't really me that raised it. It's, uh, I, I kind of coordinated. I'd like to think of me as being the, the coordinator of the fundraising, but it was really the generosity and involvement of, of many people that helped get involved. And, and I've got a, a core group of friends that have helped me do everything from, um, you know, caramel popcorn sales to, uh, um, you know, organized ladies nights for getting a bunch of ladies together for a social evening. Uh, I just, I, I can't say enough of the, the people that helped me in coordinating this, but this will be, this event here will probably push me just over $34,000. That was part of the fundraising for Boston Marathon. And combined with last year's San Francisco Marathon, I'll, I'll break the $50,000 point for uh, the fiscal year of the team and training. That's, so that's a significant milestone. <laughs> wow, it's, it's crazy. What, uh, I know that you put in a lot of work. I know, I know, and I think it's great that you recognize everyone else involved, but you put in a lot of work. It seemed like that was, um, well, of course a driving force because the reason why you're involved with the organization as well, but it, it seemed continual. Like you're always, always working towards, is that something that you enjoyed or, or is that something that you really believe in? Is that the reason why you did that? Well, I re I really believe in it and that's the reason why I'm doing it. Uh, I would have to say that a lot of the fundraising, is challenging because I think we all work hard for our money and it's, it's hard asking people to, to know, to donate those hard earned dollars. 
very, very generous co-workers, friends and family that have always been supporters. This is my fourth event with team and training and, you know, some of the guys right from day one, people have been involved and have donated every every event to help support going through it. I I really enjoy the the events that I run. They're always lots of fun. I do everything from uh you know at the at the lower end of things. I've got a cuss cancer jar that I've had here at the at the <laughs> place of work that I have where, you know, people wanna it's it's actually a bubblegum machine and if anybody's get gets caught cussing, well they gotta drop a quarter into the bubblegum machine and and that'll that raises, you know, somewhere between sixty and seventy five bucks, which isn't a lot. But then there's a lot more um events that I run right up into uh bottle drives. I run several bottle drives. I've sold T shirts. You um you and Dorothy were wearing one of one of my T shirts on the Do Good Good Happens. So I had those. Um I did a wine survivor contest where people could kind of do a 50-50 on donating money and then at the same time getting getting some wine as, as uh, the winning teams. So what happens the um, next time around when you're doing an, another event? Do you, like, I know it's challenging to ask people for money. So so what happens the next time? Do you feel like you don't want to ask people again or do you feel like because of the cause it's it's okay? Well, I think because of the cause, one of the, things that unfortunately is the case with things like cancer and and leukemia and lymphoma. Everybody knows somebody who's uh, struggled with the disease. And it's either, sometimes it's a close relative, it's a a family member, father, a brother, a sister, a mother, grandparents, sometimes it's close friends, the neighbors, there's it's just such a, a widespread disease that everybody has is familiar with how it can be devastating and and take away loved ones. So there's there there's that aspect of it, and I think that's why a lot of people like to step up and you know maybe they're not chipping in, you know the the high um, kind of donations that some organizations have contributed, but they're throwing in the fifty dollars here and fifty dollars there and. And that it all helps. It all goes to to the cause. And at the same time, I, you know, the uh, the awareness that's developed by me doing the other events, like the the bottle drives and the and the wine survivors and those kinds of events, also bring awareness to to what I'm trying to do and and bring people to maybe even get involved, not just as as that event goes, but then to also donate online, which of course everything is under uh, Revenue Canada is tax deductible on donations. Okay, Dean, just before we wrap things up here, if anyone wants to get involved or if anyone wants more information, is there some place you would like to direct them? Yeah, so Team and Training is the website. So if, if you just go on the internet and you just go to teamintraining.ca, that's the, the website, www.teamintraining.ca. And that list, it's a it's a really good website. It's very easy to navigate through to to find out what events are that they're running and how to register and who to contact people. It's they're clear about their mission and what they're trying to do. And uh, that's the first step. And of course, um, you have my information. Anybody can can contact me through you, I guess, on your 
on your uh Yeah, we'll link everything webcast? in the we'll link everything in the show notes so we can uh sure. definitely give people a chance to connect with you there. Sure. And I I'm fine with a personal email as well, so which you have Dean Croach at gmail dot com. All right. Fantastic, Dean. Thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your experience with us with the Boston Marathon and everything else with from raising money to struggling to get to get it done. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not. <laughs> Very inspirational. Thank you so much, Dean. I really appreciate it. And uh, congrats on, on getting through it and everything else that, that you've done to make it happen. Thank you very much, Drew. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this edition of Exploring Mind and Body. As always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sticking around to the end and being a part of our True Form Life community. If you do get a chance, a review on iTunes would be fabulous. Those always brighten my day and help the show out as well. All past shows are going up on exploringmindandbody.com. So if you ever miss a show, you can always go back and check them out there. And if you never want to miss a show, you can head over to any Apple store and download our free app, on any Apple device so you can download this show and take it with you wherever you go. You can even listen at a later date as well. I want to tell you about trueformlife.com. This is our main website where we put together recipes, grocery shopping lists, at-home workouts, meal plans. Health and fitness is what we do. So if you need any help at all, we can certainly help you out, get you going in the right direction. We have a free 10-day fitness challenge that's on the main page, trueformlife.com. If you want to get going in the right direction, we'll send you a brand new workout each day, 20 minutes or less, no equipment required. So you certainly want to check that out. I'm going to leave you with that. Once again, thank you so much for being here. And that's it. That's all I got. I'm out of here. As always, I'm your host, Drew Tadia, in health and fitness for a better world. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Exploring Mind and Body with True Form Life's Drew Tadia, fitness expert. To find out more about the show, Drew Tadia, or to listen to past shows, visit exploringmindandbody.com.